Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. I am so excited for you to hear from my friend, Kathy Ritz, today. Kathy and I have known each other for over 30 years, and I know you're going to love hearing from her about what her strengths are, what she's been doing, and a little bit about what's ahead for her, which is a big deal. So um, welcome, Kathy. So glad you're here. Hi, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me. It's so good to be with you. Oh, would you um, take just a few minutes to introduce yourself, who you are, where you live, and what you do? Sure. Well, I live in Austin, Texas, and I have four children, three who are adults and one who is 11. And I have one granddaughter who's two years old. And I'm married to um, my best friend, Kurt Ritz. We've been married 24 years And I work for a Christian organization, nonprofit called Bridges International. And Bridges reaches out to international students that are studying here at universities in the United States and just makes connections with them and tries to um, love on them while they're here in America. And for the the time that I've been with Bridges, I've been working in the human resources department. Well, that's exciting. I know we'll get into some of those things you've been doing in a little bit, but I would love to hear just your um, take on like how we met. I think it was the summer of 91 and just kind of your, um, yeah, just your recollection of just how we began our friendship. Sure. Well, Yes, a long time ago, I was still a college student when we met on that summer project. And I remember you had these two beautiful little girls. I can remember them standing on a picnic table in their cute little swimsuits. (laughs) And I can remember just the way that I thought you were such a loving, devoted mom. And one of the things that really impressed me was just because they were adopted. I'm sure you must have shared that with the the group there. They were adopted and I um, am an adoptee. And so I think for me, I hadn't connected a lot of pieces of my own adoption story. And so I just remember that being really impressionable for me. I think it was the first time I'd ever seen uh, other adoptee and little girls. And so I, I w- really took in just the way that you loved and cared for them and, and the way that your little family seemed to be mm. uh, just perfect. And your <laughs> husband was uh, the teacher on that project. And so I just still to this day can remember the chapters of the Bible that we studied and what, we, what he taught that summer. I still to this day. In fact, he had this phrase that we had to say, and I was trying to think of it. it. It was from Romans 1. So anyway, it was really just a great summer to meet your family and uh, to see you guys. That's really fun and encouraging. And I think just, just a reminder of how we all just have these experiences and people come in our lives, but 
just so many different ways that we have impact on one another, even if it's close up or even just kind of from afar. But I know I've appreciated just every time we get to connect over the years. And I think at the time, probably both of us didn't know, oh, adoption has a lot of layers and lessons and highs (laughs) and lows. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of journey in our family, but I love that we can connect on that. We just kind of go super deep every time I see you. And I appreciate that so much about you. Anyway, I think even just knowing your strengths and just, just who you are kind of adds to all those things in the way that we connect on a deep level when we're together. So Mm, that's so fun. That is so true that adoption at that point in both of our lives, we had no idea we thought it was a little footnote in the right. story of family yeah. and it's, it's got a much bigger thread than I think either of us had any awareness of at that time. Yeah. Well, one, one of my memories kind of off the cuff, but is just our youngest daughter, Rachel learned to walk that summer and, you know, remember the tile of the, that hotel at the dip was just mosaic and colorful and, I have fun little videos of her just learning to walk and it was just sweet, sweet memories to be with all of you all and just so many significant things all around on the summer mission like that. So, yes, it was. I think there were at least a hundred of us. It was a very large summer project all stuck into Uh, a tiny little hotel that no longer exists. Gosh, I know. Can you tell me what your top five Clifton strengths are and kind of what you thought about them when you first learned about them and maybe kind of some things that you've been learning about your strengths over the years? Well, sure. My top is woo. My second is belief. I have competition, learner, and focus. And when I first learned of them, I was surprised at how true they could be, but I also can have a somewhat disparaging look at things at times. And so (laughs) I know that for competition, I really didn't like that one at all um, because I wanted to be not competitive with people or things, but I wanted to be, uh, you know, loving and compassionate. And so I couldn't understand how competition was a good value (laughs) when I first heard, but woo made total sense to me because I, but I had never thought of it. I had never framed woo before, because again, like most people, you think your strengths are just how everyone is. I think that everyone makes friends in the bus on the way to the airport. And (laughs) I think everyone, you know, might want to just strike up a conversation and talk about really important things after five minutes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I realized that that was something that not everybody necessarily saw as a value. Yeah, I know. I It is fun to hear the stories of people with Wu because like in what you just said, with any of our strengths, we do think everyone has those too, but they just don't. <laughs> and so I think right. the more that we can grasp at like, oh, okay, this is how I am, but everyone else isn't necessarily like that. Right. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that just comes to my mind is my adopted family, my family, um, you know, they're pretty shy. They're, they're not extroverted at all. And so 
um, it, it does go to show that potentially a lot of these things are, are more hardwired into us than nurture. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, of course, but uh, it is interesting to think like, cause I, that woo was in me all through, I, you know, made friends everywhere mm -hmm. I went. Yeah. Well, I, that's really fun. And I, I love experiencing that when I'm with you because it, you are just so outgoing and you bring in people and you just have a, a way of like the definition of it, winning others over and you're definitely, you definitely do that every day. Oh, so, well, um, what else about your strengths? I know when we first talked you, um, you weren't sure, okay, is learner really one of my strengths or not? But I think the more that we even discussed about it, like it's a really key strength that drives your life in so many ways. Tell me more about that. Sure. Well, again, when I first got my strength finders, one of the things I, I think that I didn't value about a learner, like when I read it, is that I like to learn simply for the sake of learning. I don't necessarily need to put it into practice. I just love the journey of learning a new thing. I read the news every day. I just love new information. I find it fascinating. I find it joyful. And I didn't like that though, because there's part, maybe part of my competition or focus wanted there to be some end result of learning. Like I wanted it to, to be productive in some way. And so I didn't like learning. And then I had to take the strength finders a second time because I needed it for a, a team activity and I couldn't find my first results. And so I took it again and I, I, sl I slanted my results and oh. didn't get learner. <laughs> um, and, and yet learner still shows up for me all the time. It's just there. It's just a pervasive part. I always am getting a new book. I'm always um, just passionate about all the, the things that are out in the world and the ways that people see the world that I that I don't. So I love to learn it. And so that journey has actually brought me to um, deciding that rather kind of that same thing is, is creating a purpose with it. I really have learned a lot about emotional health and well-being over the last five years. And I realize that that might be an area that I could lean into and become a little bit more of an expert in and use that knowledge to help other people on their own journey. And so I've decided to go back to grad school and start in a couple of weeks. Well, that's, that's exciting. I want to hear more about that, but um, back, back pedal a tiny bit. Tell me about your belief and like even just your woo and belief. I feel like those, I mean, all of your strengths kind of um, inform each other. But mm -hmm. I imagine just the things that you feel passionate about or have convictions about, you're very good at being a spokesperson about them or mm -hmm. getting, uh, yeah, just what's your understanding mm -hmm. of, or how has that looked for you with your woo and belief together? Mm, that's so, I love your questions because it is so true and when you ask those questions, I'm like, oh, I can see how that's been a reality in my life. So I, of course, worked 
for such a long time in campus ministry doing evangelism. And that was always a joy, easy for me to talk to new people. And, and, and also there's such a joy when you have a firm set of beliefs that you're, you're living out. There's a deep sense of purpose and passion that can come from that and and it can drive you to action. So that drove me to action for a really long time. But, uh, maybe about six years ago, I started going through a really hard time in my life and my beliefs began to shift and change. And my beliefs, like there were times when I really was very lost in what, what I held onto as truth. And I can remember feeling such a sense of loss and disorientation because I didn't have that. And then the pandemic, I didn't have woo. And so really both of those strengths, like you need to be living out of them uh, for, I think for there to be some ground under your feet. So um, I'm really grateful that I'm, I'm back to a place where, uh, you know, I have a lot more solid ground under, Mm -hmm. under myself and we're coming out of the pandemic. You mentioned teaching things about emotional health. Can you tell me about that? I think it's like all these things just layer on top of each other. And it's exciting to see how you've been using things you've been learning to help others grow in their emotional health. So tell me about that. Okay. Well, I realized maybe about as, as some of the things started getting challenging in our life, just as parents, we... I realized that emotional health is not the same as spiritual health. I started learning Pete Scazzaro's material, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the things he says in that book is that uh, your spiritual life doesn't necessarily inform your emotional health. And that, that there has to be really specific discipleship in emotional health in order for that area to grow, right? There's some bleed through, of course, you know, that relationship with God can be so meaningful and powerful, but it doesn't necessarily change how you react in stressful situations. You might, you still react the way that your family of origin might've taught you to react. He has this funny saying that is, you know, Jesus might live in your heart, but grandpa lives in your bones, (laughs) meaning that you're going to react the way that you were taught. You were marinated in this style of relating to your own emotional, your own emotions, whether positively or negatively. And so as I began that journey of discipleship for myself, it was, it was so meaningful that I just began to have the opportunity to teach it to others as well. And it's been a great journey of just helping inform people on how to have better relationships with others and how to have a better relationship with themselves. Just relating to that all their emotions are okay. And, and then how do you sift through those ones that you don't want to face and, and recognize Um, how do you sit with them in a way that is healthy? That sounds so great. I would love to sit in on your course about that sometime. And I've heard good things from it from several different of my friends that have been through it. And I think even you had mentioned just how many books and I think of your learner and your focus of, I mean, it's easy for you to say, oh, I teach this class, but I think 
wow, you, you put a lot of work into what you do with that class, right? And has that been invigorating to you as you prepare for it or in learning yourself? Absolutely. Um, it is. And one of the things I find because I am a learner is that I can't, like that book I taught maybe five t- different times di- to different groups. And, but then I find myself moving on to new material because I just can't, I had the same time at the same time I've been teaching these classes. I have a coworker who created her own content and is, and is teaching her own class, but she stays with that same content. So she's mastered it and she's, she's really good at her content. But for me, I just get bored with the same material and I want to, to learn and teach something new. So I can be a little bit of, um, you know, less masterful and a little more just let's learn this new material together uh, mm-hmm. is a little bit more my approach. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any particular um, stories of, I'm sure each person that's been through it, there's a myriad of stories, but is there any that really stick out to you of like how going through this class and just your interactions was really meaningful? Sure. I can think of a couple. Um, I have one friend that has been in quite a few of the classes. And I think that, you know, as a Christian, as you grow in your Christian faith, I think especially as somebody who's very uh, serious about their faith, you can kind of get to have this idea that I'm going to arrive at some point, you know, when I hit 50 or 60, I'm going to arrive and I'm going to really have joy and peace and the abundant life. And, and yet if we haven't learned how to manage our emotions and some of the trauma, maybe from our past, then those things are still showing up, causing a lot of discomfort, lack of peace and serenity. And so I think one of the things that's been pretty joyful for me in teaching the class is just watching people who maybe do have a history of trauma and and just some emotional discomfort, uh, just really being able to say, aha, oh, you know, I'm not a defective Christian or a defective person, but oh, I have this trauma from my past that needs healing and needs addressed. And here are emotional tools that can help me heal from that and find more joy, more serenity, more peace. So I think in that way, I feel really passionate to help people just learn that, that they don't have to uh, give up uh, in their maybe faith journey, because that can be really discouraging to hit that wall, but yet that there's other ways that they can grow and take take uh, a hold of a more joyful, abundant life. And then um, I do have this married couple that took, uh, uh, I can't remember if we did marriage, but emotional healthy. And so I saw them just last week, actually. And they were like, oh, we have Cassieisms in our, in our marriage, <laughs> like little sayings from, not from me, but from the books and stuff that, that they use to help navigate marriage in a, in a more meaningful way. So that's really fun as well. That's great. Well, so tell me more about your um, journey to start grad school and what you're hoping for from it, kind of what got you to this point. Sure. Well, I've had a lot of, I, I definitely, you know, this whole last, like I've mentioned before, you know, the last year, six years have been really an unearthing. 
for me. It's, I think I had really one way of seeing the world and being in the world. And I hit, it hit some walls where my expectations weren't fulfilled and what I had kind of worked so hard for didn't pan out the way I thought that it would. And it just sent me into a lot of despair, excuse me. And, and in that, you know, I think too, I'm hitting midlife. And so what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And I just uh, really recognized that all these books on my shelf about emotional health were, I needed to, to take a step forward and not just be a lay person anymore, but to get maybe higher education so that I could help people more, maybe officially or something. Uh, and so I... I had a conversation with a counselor that finally, like a friend who's a counselor, and she was just raving about this therapy called ETT. It's emotional transformative therapy. It's where you actually look at light. Uh, it's a similar to EMDR. If people are familiar with EMDR, it it takes traumatic memories and it and it eases the the intensity of them, so you're not living in the presence with this subconscious emotional reaction that you're not even necessarily aware that you're having, but your brain is having it and it's a light therapy. So it's much faster in it's, it's ability to heal the brain neurologically wired parts that are in trauma. And it really heals. It's so fast. It's like healing at the speed of light is one of the sayings for it. But um, so I, she did that therapy and she was raving about it. And I, it was just like, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. Finally, it was like the next step in life became clear and it's really unfolded since then, since like finally saying, you know what? I need to do that. I need to just go for it. It's amazing how I've, it's unfolded in ways that I didn't imagine, like, especially with my own adoption story and just being able to recognize, wow, People who are adoptees really experience a lot of trauma that maybe they don't know how to identify. And it's pre-verbal trauma that you're having. And so, wow, to be able to resource people who are, are long since adopted, you know, long since adults, and just say, oh, yeah, let's go back and heal this part of your story so that you can experience more abundance in the present. So I'm super excited for how it's going to mm. play out. Wow. That's so exciting. Well, I'd love to hear too, as we talked beforehand, you mentioned just getting the clarity of doing this program rather than like a counseling program. What kind of helped you land on that? Well, I, of course, used my focus strength and researched like every possibility for what school I could go to. And it came down to really state schools are cheaper than any other online programmer. So I live in Texas and the University of Texas at Austin is here. So I could go to that school and Texas State has a campus in Round Rock. And so I began to just decide that those were the two schools that I were going to shoot for, which meant that I needed to study for the GRE, which I hadn't studied for a test in 30 years. And um, so that I began to pursue, well, one of those schools and programs was a lot easier than the other one, but the one that I really wanted to get into 
um, was this program in educational psychology that's at UT. And it's just such a good mix for me. I, I know that one of the reasons I've always resisted being a counselor is that I wasn't sure that I could just do that, hold people's hard stories with my full-time job, right? I, I need to have a little more positivity or probably learning. And so um, I just always kind of felt like, oh, I don't know that I can be a counselor full-time. And so this program blends that, you know, it's an education master. So I can do teaching. I could teach at a community college. I can um, just just the educational emphasis. I could also be a counselor trainer eventually as I build skills. And so that program seemed a lot better than just the straight masters of arts and counseling. And so, yeah, so that meant I had to study hard. So I applied to both and, and I ended up getting into both, but um, decided, was really, really thankful to get into the UT program because it's a great fit. Mm. Wow. That's exciting. It's just so neat to hear just your journey of um, just kind of listening and taking the next step of like, who are you and what are, how are you wired? What are your strengths and what, what are you passionate about? And just, I think just the, the merging of your, your own story and just what comes easy for you. So it's really exciting to me to think, just of this next chapter for you and what's, what's ahead in all of that. Well, um, what kind of, even as you think about, I mean, like the title of this podcast is called embrace your strengths. Like, um, I, my heart's desire is to help people to really know and understand what their strengths are, what they're made for and to, enjoy that. And I know a lot of times we can tend to compare or think, oh, these other strengths people have are more significant. But what has that journey for you been like to embrace your strengths? Has that been easy or hard? What's that been for you? Mm. Oh, I think that journey is always really hard for me. Um, I just think that maybe the competitor in me likes to compare myself to others. Um, I'm not sure, you know, maybe just my own personal, just in deep insecurity causes me to compare, but I can be really, really hard on myself. And so I think that one of the things that actually encouraged me this week was just when we were talking earlier, uh, just how much you love to hear people's stories and that, that we're okay right where we are in our story, right? It's always a little messy. It's always not exactly how we want it to be if we've lived long enough, I guess. And so I just think I love that idea of just really embracing ourselves for who we are and what we are. Um, And even all of our strengths have a bit of a downside, right? Or maybe just that it's lacking other strengths. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I love the idea that I don't have to be perfect in my strengths. And that I can embrace myself for for what I lack. Uh, one of the things that I, I lack is that blue side of the strength finders, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have as much relational, like, um, connecting strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connecting strengths. Even though I have the woo, right? Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I just think that it's really great for me to even be aware of that so I can be more intentional just to make sure I'm connecting to each person and not, mm-hmm. yeah, not, not missing that when I'm busy learning, busy being focused or competing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, I think that's just even the beauty of um, understanding our strengths and, you know, just this this framework of like the different quadrants that people's strengths can lie in. I think it can be helpful to see that, but even like you mentioned, it's easy for us to think, Oh, the ones in the other quadrant are better. I mean, we all do it, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I think about just over the years, each time I've connected with you. And um, I think just the, the encouragement that I've experienced when I'm with you of like kind of your belief and your woo, but just your, your purposefulness in how you live, but even just speaking words over people. Like I remember one time praying um, during a hard time I was going through and just your confidence of really calling out to God. And just, I just see that belief, but just uh, also I remember when we did a little videos we I think we had a competition for the moms, like send a video, what it looks like for you to, you know, be a mom working on campus and your video was awesome. And, but it's just like, yeah, you love getting out there on campus, meeting students. And I don't remember all what the video said, but I just remember you were probably one of the first ones to send it in. And so I just think of just from even my little part of experiencing you and your strengths and just knowing that that's multiplied with all the other people that you know and get to benefit from who you are and your strengths too. (laughs) But um, one, I have a couple of last questions, but, you know, as I talk with people about their strengths and, you know, there's no magic bullet in all of this, but I do think the more we can understand what these top five strengths are and, give more of our efforts and our energy, our time to living our life, you know, using these strengths, developing them. But I think often when we are doing what we're made for, it's brings so much joy. And has there been any time that you think, wow, this is what I was made for? That's a really meaningful question. You know, I think I used to think that right? I used to think I am made for, you know, sharing God's love with people. I love this. And I love seeing people grow and who they are mm-hmm. and who their understanding of how much God loves them and the purposes that he has for them. So I used to really be passionate about that. And I kind of lost my way. And so I actually am coming out this other side, recognizing sort of more my personal story in that journey, right? That as an adoptee, I've had a lot of life experience that is unique. And actually, there needs to be more understanding of, right? Understanding of what adoption trauma looks like, and how that impacts a growing and developing person that's separated from their biological family. And so I am beginning to see like how all my life story is beginning to bleed back into being able to help 
others on their journey with my interest in counseling, emotional health, and just, so I'm beginning to just almost see this like whole new path unfold for me, um, potentially. I mean, I don't know, but I also just adored being a mom. I love being a mom too. So I feel like I was made to be a mom. I love, I love it. Yeah. I love, I I love little people. That's those you have had so many great insights and I appreciate just your just openness and vulnerability just about just your process in the journey of understanding who you are, what your strengths are and, but just the hopefulness of stepping into even more of those things and being able to bless others with what, what will happen on the other side of your getting this degree, but it's just really inspiring. Well, one last question I have for you. What has brought you joy lately or put a smile on your face? Um, well, I did just get back from Hawaii. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so the ocean and the um, just the sound of the crashing waves brings a great smile to my face. And my husband and I, we love to play tennis in the hot summer sun. So um, playing tennis brings me a lot of joy as well. Mm, That's great. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for just sharing your heart and just the things that, like I said, the things that you're learning. I just appreciate you making time to have this conversation. Thank you. Sure. It was great to be with you, Barbara. Thanks so much for encouraging me and in my strengths. I really, it's meant a lot to me. You're so welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.